Yeah, I, one of the, the thing that I really want to state the like just the most is that you're you really are not alone. I know that sounds corny, and a lot of people say that, but really you're not. And again, one of the things I learned by doing this podcast is I've covered so many rare conditions that I've never heard of in my life, and someone else heard it, and it's like wow, there's someone else out there. Um, and there's nothing better than when you hear someone message you you don't know, and they say, "Hey, man, you helped get me through the day." And I don't even know who they are. I have known nothing about them. Someone helped me build a website because they liked an episode I did on spina bifida. I don't know who they are, but they won't, won't take credit, but they just wanted to be nice and help. Um, and so you just, you know, they say put good energy in this world and that'll come back to you. And I, I really do think that's true. I didn't think that's true for a long time because I hated myself and I hated anything about me or anything that I was. But I promise you, like, just do try to do your part to put some good in this world because there's too much bad. There's enough of it that's polluting this world and we don't have enough people trying to do what they need to do to, to, to help. But again, the point of this is, and I'll make it short, just you're not alone. I promise you there's someone out there going through something similar to you. And that's why I'm really big on when I have people on to share their story, share it in its entirety and don't leave out any steps because there are there's someone out there that is going through the same exact thing and if you skip one step like hey i talk to myself or i hate myself and if you leave that one part out that person may just that might that might be their last hope because they heard your whole story and you just left that part out and they're like wow i'm alone and feeling alone is terrible it's it's petrifying and but i promise you you're not and there's there's we're, there's no reason not to search people out now because it's very easy to just type in a Facebook group and just type in any th- random thing or Google it, or YouTube it. And there's someone out there going through very similar things. And um, yeah, just find something to hold on to. I'll finish it with this. Just find something to hold on to. I don't care if it's the next season of a show. I don't care if it's an album from an artist that's coming out in three months. That's three months you want to live. Maybe in three months, you'll find something else to live for. Just find little things. It doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. If it's a pet, my cat got me through everything. So I understand. Um, So yeah, just hold on. Find something to, to live for. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so... This podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, it's that time again for us to get fired up, motivated, inspired. Give some encouragement for someone we know that's hurting and struggling and going through stuff. We're all going to go through stuff. We all are going to be there. We're going to have a great life. And all of a sudden, life is going to turn around and kick us in the teeth. And what do we do about it? We persevere. We get strong. We learn from it. We help the other person to help them get through it and move on and then continue having a great life as much as possible. Today, we're going to talk about demons. We all have our demons. Jokingly, jokingly, I've told people that uh, part of my one or part of my demons is liking banana splits too much. All right, that's jokingly. You know, I do have serious demons like everyone else. Okay, I get those depressing thoughts. I have attempted suicide 15 years ago, and uh, but uh, hopefully those demons don't creep in like the, they had before. And again, anybody you get serious with uh, t- uh, thinking suicide, please contact somebody on the suicide hotline. Find somebody. Again, you can lie to them. You don't have to give your real name, but be open and honest about what you're going through so they can try to help you. All right, today 
our guest. He said he's running from his demons as best as possible, and he wants to get out here and make a difference in people's life. And so let's go on to get started with TJ West. Hey, buddy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, sounds good. I don't know if you're in my ears or not, man. Uh, can you hear me? No, what? I can hear oh, you. Yeah, oh. I can hear you through the regular uh, um, speakers. But uh, I tell you what, you're going to start your story. I'm going to I'm going to get you into my head. So you're going okay. to get started because I can you hear you as doing this. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> again, when you talk about demons, um, I should give you kind of like a little introduction of kind of things that led up to where I'm at today. Um, so I'm legally blind from a, a condition called uh, Steven Johnson syndrome, which is a high allergic reaction to medication. Uh, I went into the emergency room for an ear infection. And about a week later, I had no skin. My hair fell off, teeth fell out. Um, just about everything internally just went to hell. Uh, I lost my gallbladder. There's a bunch of stuff that just, I don't have anymore. Um, and uh, so SJS is, like I said, a high allergic reaction medication. In my case, it was amoxicillin. And, uh, and when once they realized I was allergic to that and I was having reactions like blisters and things, um, they made me take uh, vancomycin. Um, and so I was allergic to that as well. Uh, at some point, like I said, all the skin and all that started falling off. Uh, where I was living at the time, uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, they do not have a burn center. Uh, people don't know what a burn center is. That's where people go who were basically lit on fire. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it was their choice or someone else's or an accident. However, that's how they end up there. And I end up there because I had no skin. Um, they put you, and I'll try to find an image for you in a little bit, um, but they wrap you up like a mummy. So they put bacitration, which is neosporin, but much stronger. And they, they put it all over your raw, just no skin body, uh, which is pain that I can't explain to you. And then they wrap you up with all these bandages and they press it tight. And then they change that multiple times a day. Uh, something says in my head every six hours. I don't know if that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Maybe six to eight mm-hmm. hours. Um, and so I was four years old at that time. And I spent about four and a half months in a hospital Um I was in there so long to the point where I, they had to uh, teach me how to walk again because I had like the the baby deer legs where I couldn't stand. Um, so I, I, you know, medicine balls and, and exercise bikes, things like that. But it was it was a long process because again, the, there was the the burn center part of it, and then there was just recovery and there's needles and surgeries because because one of the things that comes with SJS um, is. Uh, cornea damage it affects your eyes as well which is really the only thing that affects me to this day um on a well there's some chronic pain here and there but in general it's it's mainly just the eyes and my cat's putting his tail on that's okay but we have kitty cats on the the show we got uh i got a kitty cat and a dog myself there you go um but yeah so i end up uh, spending a good amount of time but a lot of recovery even when i left the hospital i was on feeding tubes um, I wouldn't eat properly. So that's really the only reason why I was doing, I was getting pumped with all kinds of medication. Um, and all, it just, it was just a lot of recovery and damage, a couple of years of recovery and just surgeries where they took cells from a dead person's eye onto my bad eye, uh, which I should explain. My left eye is all colors and motion and my right eye is decent, but in comparison to anyone else, it's pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do well, like, I know what you look like. I can see yeah. the color of the screen and everything, but again, like in order to see, like, I see what color shirt you're on, but in order to see like your face, I have to zoom in a little bit on my Mac. Um, but, um, 
yeah, so there was just there was just a lot of just damage, and, and the reality is like, and that's this is just physical damage because we're gonna get to the mental stuff. Oh, again, oh yeah, there's a lot that goes with it. And if I don't know, because I don't know your format, so I don't know if you're gonna throw questions in or should I keep going? Oh or? yeah, we're going we're going to, we're going to question here. Like, uh, let's go back to what's the name of your condition again? Stevens Johnson syndrome or SJS. Okay, and how old were you when all this started? Four. Four years old and allergic to uh, amoxicillin. And vancomycin, both of okay. them. Yeah, yeah the, I, uh, I've had amoxicillin because I'm a spinal cord injury and get right. used for uh, UTIs. Uh, right. field, so, uh, fortunately, I'm not allergic to it. Uh, so, so all right, so after they find out you're allergic to those two medicines, I guess they really take the precautions on everything else they were giving you at that time to be sure you're not allergic to other things. Right. Well, if you move it to modern day time, some people get mad at me because I won't get vaccinated. And it's not because I'm anti-vax. It's one of them has penicillin in it, which is another cillin and the main Mm -hmm. cillin, um, which was, I believe, Pfizer. And I just I'm allergic to a lot of medications. So I just I you know, I know what I can take and what I well, I don't know what all what I can't take, but I know a lot of what I can take. And I avoid a lot of medications. I avoid a lot of shots and things just because they put all kind of stuff in it. You just don't know everything that's in it. Um, and so that even affects me to this day as far as, you know, people being frustrated with that. But I don't really care at this point. Yeah, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not on to, I mean, I, I did get the vaccinations, but my main thing is because my mother's 80 something years old and, and just and went through all the health issue. And I figured to help protect her at her age, because that, right, yeah. that was the age was really getting destroyed with it. And so to help her, help me to ease of mind, my brother, we got it because of her. Now, if she wasn't around, I don't know if I would have got it. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, just for me, the thing is, there's not been enough research to know what's going on because everything happens so fast. Right. But I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody nope. if they get it or don't get it. Uh, what does get me a little ticked off when I get going is how the government and everybody's to all these nurses and doctors, all your heroes, thank you for doing that. Then when the nurses go or doctors go, well, I'm not taking the shot because of the research and whatever. Maybe they're allergic to something that's in it, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're a traitor. We need to fire you. Wait a minute. We were heroes when we went through it. Or not we, me, but they were. So, uh, yeah. uh, But I'm not here to judge you. To teach your own everybody. That's an image Uh, right there. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, that's an image, yeah. My brother, he actually had 50% of his body burnt. He was at Boston Shriners Burn Center back in the 80s. And so, yeah. Yeah, we know about all this rapping like a mummy uh, back back then with him. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah so, you, so you, you treated like a burn victim, even though in my case, I, I wasn't. So, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm sorry. What's your next question? Oh, no. Uh, so, I was getting into, uh, yeah, I mean, so at four years old, man, this is a lot going on for four year old. And yeah. so, uh, there's a lot of things I'm sure you didn't understand. And, and, uh, even when they try to explain to you, you may not have been able to understand it. Right. And, and But the irony is like when we're talking about demons and mental health and all that, I am way worse than I was now than I am then. Now, I'm in a much better place than I was in my like early 20s, late teens. But I was such a happy kid. I, and, and the irony is I can't drive. But the one thing I love was cars, not mm-hmm. just like Hot Wheels, but like I knew pretty much every model of every car based on the emblems or the body shape. Like I was a really smart but innocent, loving kid. And life just kind of kicked you in the teeth and you're just like, wow, like this is this is a whole reset. But even the only time I really cried, obviously there was some crying with the with the 
bandages and stuff. Oh yeah. There was a, the only time I really, really cried was when they would take me to surgery. My mom would, they would have to leave her at the end of the hallway type of stuff. Cause she was all I had at that time uh, as far as visiting me in the hospital and stuff. My grandma would come sometimes and certain people would come. Um, but yeah, I was, I was in really bad shape, but I was still like really, I was laughing and play with my toys. And I remember there was a kid in my room who, who ended up dying, but we became good friends and we were both in really bad shape. And I was still laughing. I have a good time. And I, I something I did that I, I now like realize as a person, like how strong I am to this day is I was like, I always had it in me because some certain qualities in this life you cannot buy or you can't just like obtain out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And some stuff is just deep inside there. And like, I, I built this like force field around me of being able to block out the pain, be able to block out the sadness of, of everything I was going through, through my music, the toys, my stuffed animals. And I built this like imaginary world that I just was happy in. And then every so often a nurse would come in, change my bandages or poke me with this, poke me with that. It would hurt. But then I would just go back to my imaginary world and it would just keep yeah. me afloat. Um, and so that's kind of how I dealt with it then. Obviously, the difference is, is then I didn't know much. I'm still yeah, new. Yeah, I'm yeah. still new to life. Yeah. So I don't understand this stuff. So kind of the beginning of like that's the beginning of my story. But the beginning of like where like real damage and abuse started happening is like when I started to go to school, where I was being bullied by students and spit on. Um, I was molested by a nurse in school, mm. um, and I even had a teacher bully me where she wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, so she would make me sit in it. Um, oh wow! This, yeah. So and you know, as a child, and I've said this so many times. And I, and I always feel like my, I don't. I'm blaming my mom. I'm not. But my mom would say, you know, listen to the adults because what they say matters. And oh yeah, saying, that's that's what we're growing up is be respectful out yeah. there. And so you're trying to be respectful, but then yeah, they're not they're not being respectful back. Right. And so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. That's that. Yeah. My family taught me the same thing. You know, don't talk to strangers and be respectful to adults. And of course, at that age, we don't know what a stranger is because we think of the boogeyman. You know, yeah. right, <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, yeah, brought up the same way as you. Be respectful to adults, yes. Yeah, and it, it that you know bit me in the ass. Like it just it, it, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. turn, and I was like the worst case scenario for everything. Now I would say like middle school to high school was better, but like the first you know four or five years of school was just a nightmare because I just was going through the worst of times and didn't have any friends, and you know it's to the point where I I wouldn't even go to the bathroom or I'd go to the bathroom. My mom would have to wipe me, and for up until yeah. I was like fourteen because I was so damaged. Yeah. Um, you know, so traumatized, even though I didn't really know it, I just, you know, I'd pee myself and in bed and I just, I was, I would wake up in nightmares screaming and mm-hmm. it was just horrible, like PTSD. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. And you, uh, you just, and yeah. the, the, the thing, thing about part of this is um, physically pain goes away. Mm-hmm. Mentally it's there forever. You got to learn to deal with it. So yeah. yeah. Unless you have some sort of chronic illness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, unless it's yeah, but but again, even then, it's going to subside uh, with the uh, right. medicine you take and stuff. But that mental is never going away uh, from this, and so yeah, you got to learn to, like you said, block it out and have your go to the happy land place. Something, yeah, but yeah, it, but it's, it's easier there. when you're you're younger because again, you're still new oh to yeah, the when world. we yeah. well, when we get older, we think we know it all and we can do everything without people's help and. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, I attempted suicide because I brought up that uh, men didn't do, didn't talk to psychiatrists. You know, you talk to psychiatrists, you're crazy. And, and so now, but now I would tell anybody, 
talking to psychologists, psychiatrists, preacher, a mentor, a coach, spiritual, non-spiritual, somebody you trust, spouse, good friend, talking to them openly is much as healthy for you to strengthen your mind as much as working out to strengthen your body physically. And so, yeah, to strengthen your mind, I would encourage anybody to get out there and openly talk to get this off their chest. Yeah, that's why I tell people, like, try not to be a dick in this world because there are a lot of people hanging on by a thread and they're just looking for one good or bad interaction. And that's going to determine whether they want to be here anymore. And, and it hey, may Keith. sound like a lot of pressure, but that's that's really what it's down to. You, you, there's a lot of people that are really depressed and they just want someone to give them like a nice high. Like, hey, how you doing? It's like, oh, someone's nice. Exactly. A lot of people and I'm one of them. I would just want to be recognized. You don't have to spend 80 minutes with me talking about how the day is going. Just recognize me as a person. Hey, how you doing today? And then move on. I mean, how many yeah. people get ignored? Not even that to be yeah. recognized as a person. AQ, hey, angry, quiet. Thank you for coming in. But I owe you a big apology for not uh, call, uh, keeping up with you here lately. So I'm going to uh, give you a call this weekend, buddy. Tell the missus I said hello and yeah. thank you for coming in. Yeah, a text, say, a text or a call saying, hey, man, I was thinking of you, even if that's not exactly what it says, but it implies that you were thinking of them, can mean the world, and that's the worst part of it. Yeah, the, you're grabbing the world by the tail by yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. But mm -hmm. as long as you have someone you know is with you, that again, if uh, and all they have to do in most places is just listen. Let me get it off my chest. I'm not asking for your advice. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so... Uh, yeah, I, I just want to get it off my my um, chest is all it is. And and if they give some advice and want to help out, that's more power to help both of us. Uh, but a lot of it just I just want to want to talk. That's it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to people off the ledge, like off the ledge and just because they're, you know, depressed and or they're just in really bad places. And I'm just like, look, if you want to yell at me, just just pre-warn me. Let me know that you're not like you're doing this, but if you want to yell at me, you want to say horrible things. If this just makes you feel better, just do it. But just pre-warn me because I don't want to have to fight back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody just needs somebody and it doesn't have to be a lover. It doesn't have to be a parent. It just anybody. It could be one person exactly. out there that just tr tries to understand and opens their ear and it just, it, it makes a huge difference. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, so how have you uh, dealt with uh, some of this mentally then? Well, so, Again, I, I went through high school. I got through middle school and stuff. A lot of what helped me through that is I started to kind of dress better. Like, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't showering. I wasn't even just I wasn't wearing up the styles and all that. So I started wearing nicer shoes. So that was kind of I wasn't say I was popular, but everyone kind of liked me. And, you yeah. know, I was still really shy and awkward, but I, I had friends and, and um and it didn't matter. Like everybody, I had friends that were just different ethnicities, different. We all just got along and it helped when I got to high school is when I really learned about anxiety and I started to become more vulnerable because you're a little more on your own and mm -hmm. you have a little, you have more responsibilities and it's, it's kind of pre, it's like pre-warning you for, for, for college and just for the world and you're learning and learning. And I was doing well, my grades were really good, but I started off so slow. I was failing because I, everything, another thing I did left out was I had a lot of teachers say, because I was visually impaired, there's a, there's a school in Philadelphia where I lived where a lot of students go and it's kind of where a lot of visually impaired and blind students go to kind of just where they just go to die essentially. And okay. again, I hate to say that, but it's like where we go, where we don't really have anything to look forward to. It's like, okay, go to here and then just go to some half-assed college. You don't really get anything from it. You get really basic work and you kind of get babied and you don't get 
the real side of what life is like. And I went, I ended up going to a really good high school because I had a teacher who looked out for me and got me into it. And I fought every way because I said, I'm a failure. I'm blind. What am I, you know, we're legally blind. I'm never going to get in this school. Like why bother? And, and she and my mom got together, tag team me and made me go there. And I ended up learning a lot about myself. I became a straight A student and, and, and fought through it. But I really did have a lot of anxiety and, and just worry. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was mainly about being good at getting all my credits and get me, being on honor roll. So it was kind of good anxiety, but it was still anxiety that kind of got to me and stress. And um, But it was there. It was, it was kind of when I left high school, went into college, and I just started to realize like my cage – like I felt like I was just in a cage and my cage just got a little bigger from uh, my mobility training and from my uh, from just going to college. But I wasn't really going anywhere. I was in my house a lot. I was just so depressed and so alone and I didn't really have any. My one friend, she ended up dying. And so I didn't really have anybody. I wasn't mm-hmm. dating. I was just lonely. And um, I, I, I talk about being in this headspace of I see a woman who's very attractive and or anybody who's happy. And if I see a pretty woman, I'm like, I want to rape her. Now I never would have done it. It's just thoughts that would cross my mind because I was in such yeah. a dark place. I hated myself so much. I hated life so much that anybody who, who had something that I wanted, um, you know, a couple in love, I wanted them to get by a car or something crazy. And I was yeah. thinking these just horrible things. And I eventually tried to kill myself by shooting myself, but the gun had a lock on it. So obviously a jam that I couldn't. So it began, I, I was, I was a madman. I was going to like, if I were to sleep with a woman, it didn't matter if I had eight condoms on, I panicked about having an STD where I was calling hotlines and just the most ridiculous, even though I had no symptoms, even though one of the things that I think a lot of people don't talk about with mental health that bugs me is that mental health can manifest things that aren't there. So it oh, could yeah. give you, it could give you symptoms of stuff. So like, let's say I was worried about herpes. So I wouldn't get the actual herpes sores, but I would get the, the flu-like symptoms. I would get worn out. I would get like the aches. There's a lot of things that come with these STDs and, and everything that you're worried about. You actually, your body starts to you know, process and give you these like signals of, oh, hey, you got this. And it's like, but I don't see any blisters, but it's like, but what about that itch right there? What about this? And, and everything just like, I always say it's like whack-a-mole. So like every time you go to like bop one of the feelings down or one of the emotions that hits you and it kind of subsides and you kind of breathe, another one pops up. So you go to hit that and another one comes up over here and it's just ridiculous. It's sporadic. It's everywhere. And you don't have a lot of time to like process this. And when you do kind of have a reprieval and you can breathe a little, you may have five minutes at best and then something else just do, 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 do. your heart just starts yeah. beating. Um, and that's the anxiety part. Um, so did you uh, seek uh, professional help with this? Yeah, I went to therapy and I started to find myself. That's where I started to kind of be a little more outgoing. And, you know, I started trying little methods of going up to people and just saying, hey, how are you doing? That's all I did. Just like I'm going to go up to 10 people today, walk around in a certain you know block radius, like a 10 block mm-hmm. radius and just walk up to random people. And, you know, I was still sheepish about it. I'm still awkward to this day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, psychiatrist eventually like once I was. I think my final straw was beyond the suicide attempt, beyond a lot of just being so just uh, demonstrative and just being so dark. I knew I was so far from myself. I remember going into my bedroom when we were putting a new bedroom set and I just started like shaking and panicking because they were changing the bedroom set. And I felt like the because we had hardwood floors and the floor would shake. 
And, you know, whatever, because you're putting heavy stuff in. And I just kept, I just felt like the floor was going to cave in. And at mm -hmm. that point, I knew I was ridiculous because we just took all this heavy stuff out. And we're probably putting stuff either equally as heavy, maybe a little lighter, maybe a little heavier, but everything's going to be fine. But I was, I was freaking out so bad. Yeah. Um, I think what, what set me into a tailspin, we had bed bugs at one point. And I, I went, I kind of went into this like numb place because I told you at one point I was really dirty, didn't take care of myself, but then mm -hmm. I was really particular about being super clean. And then that happened and I went numb for like a couple months. And once they were finally gone, I was still kind of feeling them even though they were gone, oh, but yeah. it like took my anxiety and it just made me like really just sad. And, um, but yes, eventually I, I got some medication. Uh, one of the things that I think I would say is like, I started taking, um, they gave me Klonopin. Uh, uh -huh. and again, everyone, you take whatever your doctor tells you or whatever you're comfortable with, but Klonopin for me or Ativan, they're kind of very similar. But Klonopin for me, it, it made my anxiety way worse because the, the high part of anxiety, and I've never done drugs in my life. I don't drink. I never smoked a cigarette. But the high of this medication is it's not a feeling where you go, oh, my God, I, I want to chase that. It's you wake up in the morning, your heart is beating out of your chest way worse than it was the day before you took this medication. And so you have to take another pill or you might have a heart attack. Because I mean, I ended up in the hospital many times. My, my, I was just shaking uncontrollably, and mm -hmm. um, and if I didn't take this pill, I was in a, I was in you know deep crap. So, um, the you know, and so the high part of it is just you're constantly taking one just to calm down the <clears throat> the anxiety. So, um, oh, yeah, eventually, what you said a second ago, definitely uh, anybody listening, follow your doctors. Uh, you know, prescription, follow what they think's best. It's okay to question them, okay? Because uh, you're talking about the Advan you, you felt was uh, doing our, uh, gave you uh, more anxiety or whatnot, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, my mom, when she was in the hospital here a couple of weeks ago, they gave her Advan, yeah. and uh, she was butt crazy for three days. We lost her. She's hallucinating everywhere. And so, uh, yeah, and I question all that. So, you can start questioning your own doctor, follow their direction. Again, it's not, it's okay to get, it's okay. Remember people get second opinions if you need to. So yeah, yeah. don't follow our, don't follow our advice on, uh, on what he's taking. I'm taking that whoever, you know, do it, do it. So uh, with your doctor is uh, going from there. Yeah. And just do a lot of research. There's a lot of other stuff. A out lot there. of research. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that people take that, you know, there's people that just smoke weed and it makes them feel better. Whatever makes you feel better, as long as you're not hurting other people or animals, like do it, but also, you know, under, try to do the research and take the time to see what you're getting yourself into. Cause there's people will say, Oh, I'll do, I do heroin and it makes me feel better. I'm not telling you to do that. Just, you know, have an open mind, see what else is out there. There's a lot of natural stuff that doctors don't prescribe that mm -hmm. you can take, but just, you know, pay attention to like, look at side effects, do a lot of research because you don't want to end up in worse state because you decided to take a gamble on your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely do the re research and see pros and cons with the side effects and with the, you know, the potential uh, for the pill. Uh, definitely check out the side effects. So uh, from there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, there's nothing wrong with questioning you doctor. So, uh, you know, get second opinions, need to. All right, though. So, TJ, so, um, um, so you, you gotten this help and everything to, to get you, uh, not, um, oh, she, would you say, uh, anxiety to calm that yeah, down some uh, and, yeah, and really... going from there. So, after, uh, taking some medication and experiencing with, uh, some, uh, counseling, 
had a thing yeah. to prove. Uh, I, I will say the one, the real reason why I took medication, it wasn't for my depression. It was for the anxiety. <laughs> I was petrified of my anxiety because it was yeah. so unrealistic. It was going to kill me. And mm-hmm. it, it, you know, whether I threw myself into a van or, or, you know, whatever, or I just had a heart attack, I couldn't take it. So I had, I didn't care about the depression. I wasn't thinking about my PTSD. I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about any, I just, anxiety was so scary to me. Um, and yeah, so I, I started taking it and, you know, of course it takes six to eight weeks to kick in. So those six, eight weeks was very long. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm taking about a half a Klonopin now just to kind of go, let it go down. But the side effects are really strong. You don't want to just quit, quit that cold Turkey, any of these medications, um, there's some stuff you can, but this, these type of medications, like I was, I started off with Paxil. Paxil was one of the worst to come off of cold Turkey. And I did it once because I thought I was having a reaction because again, back to my original part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having hives and all these things, but it was allergic reaction to something totally else. It wasn't medic medicate medication related. Of course I had sunburn on top of it. It was just a nightmare. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah. And it, it but so I quit it cold turkey and you start vomiting and you know, you're nauseous all the time and, and you get like your equilibrium is off. So you're really dizzy. And I don't know why I had to do that motion, but <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, it's so when I finally got some help and the Paxil like really started to kick in, I felt like there was, there was a lock in, like my body just was like locked in. The only, the only thing that I, I, I still struggle with to this day is like, it's hard for me to like really show emotion and the sense of sadness. Because mm-hmm. I, I still deal with depression because I have I have realistic depression. Um, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff. And I'm, this is just some of the stuff I've told you. But I've been through yeah. a lot of stuff. I, I am legally blind. So my eyes take a while to fluctuate. So I deal with that on a daily basis. There's just loneliness. There's things I still deal with on a daily basis. But they're real things to be depressed about. Doesn't mean it, it doesn't cripple me like it used to. Because now maybe it'll take 24 hours or whatever, 10 hours, but it doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't take, you know, months to get yeah. out of it. I'm much stronger. And, um, and I try to surround myself with people, you know, like yourself and others. A great who, supporting cast. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you, but one of the things I hate is when people tell me that they're experts at something, but they never experienced it. And there's a lot of mental oh, health, yeah. quote unquote, yeah professionals, not even experts, they always call themselves professionals. And then you ask them what their history is. They don't have a suicide attempt. They don't have a whole lot of history of like sadness other than like a parent dying or something. And I'm not saying that they're not necessary, but when I take advice from people, I want to know somebody who struggled, um, Mm -hmm. somebody who's been through it and he's been kicked around over and over and over. And I always kind of go back to that like sixth Rocky movie where he's, you know, dealing with his son because his son is kind of embarrassed to have the same last name. And you know, they only recognize him as, you know, Rocky's son. But he says, like, look, no one's going to kick you down harder than life. And if you if you allow it to, it's going to beat you to your knees and you're never going to get up. But it's your choice to continue to get up. Again, I'm paraphrasing. But if you oh, yeah. keep, you have to keep getting up. Otherwise, again, it's, I also look at it as like the quicksand theory. Like if you, your goal is to take two steps forward and one step backwards. You're always going to have setbacks. You're always going to have days of sadness when you, when you go through the stuff that you and I have gone through and many others. You're going to have setbacks, but your setbacks can't take you two step backward and then one step forward because now you're going in the opposite direction. And at some point, maybe you take three steps forward and one step backward and, and it keeps progressing. But you keep evolving and you keep turning into a better person and you keep being able to cope and, and deal with life and you become stronger. Your skin, you know, thicker skin to the world and, and you just you learn how to just cope. Um yeah. But if you yeah, but if you don't if you don't learn from any of your mistakes, you don't learn from what life has done to you, 
yeah, you're just going to continue to go backwards. And, and like, that's one of the things I've, I've tried to do erase a lot of people in my life that are super negative and are like, woe is me, like life's, and again, I'm not saying I've never been in those stages, but these are people that shouldn't be in these stages this for this period of time, this mm-hmm. long period of time, because I, I don't, it drags me down and it makes me sad because I care about people. I have empathy, but I don't want to, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I really want to be happy. I want to try to put good energy into the world and I'm not perfect by any means, but yeah, uh, you know, it, anyway, it's, and we, like you say, we're still going to struggle throughout life, but yeah. uh, hopefully we're having uh better, longer times and days than we do the uh, unhealthy days. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and I'm like you perfectly exactly what you were saying is learn from what you're going through and try your best to avoid getting back in there. So yeah, have yeah. that supporting cast. I believe everybody's in our life for whatever reason, point, whatever point or not. And uh, I, I, I told someone before, I think people think people that are not good in my life when I kick them out eventually. And because I learned from them what I don't want. And so, uh, so everybody comes in good or bad. They're there for you to learn something. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and from there. So, yeah. So well, it's awesome that, uh, yeah, that you, you've been able to grow mature, get this uh, seeking this help and everything. Cause uh, how many people out there are probably not seeking help and, and not trying to get better. And, and it, they want to sit and go, Oh, poor pitiful me, but they're not mm-hmm. doing anything to try to make it better. And in some part of it is they don't know how they don't know what to go look for. Right. Uh, well, that- the other part is they're just not going after it. Right. And I'm, I'm not even trying to promote it, but one of the real reasons why I started my podcast was because um, I, again, my mental health stopped me from doing it for so long. And if anyone knows the director, Kevin Smith, he had this whole speech where he's talking about, and I forget what the second thing was, but he said, there's three things in life we need. And I forget the second one, but the first one was to be loved. And the third one was be, to be heard. And I always felt like the kid that was all, again, I got bullied a lot. So I I felt like the kid that was never picked for basketball, ever picked for anything, even though I end mm-hmm. up being decent at basketball. Um, you know, and so I, I just wanted to give a voice to people who don't have it. And again, I started off just specifically trying to talk about my visual impairment and mental health. And somewhere along the way, I realized one of the things that people in the disability community do is we don't kind of vault, like venture off to help each other and other disabilities. We stick to what our body part is or whatever is ailing us. And we don't support each other enough. And that really depressed me because I I care so much about us as a whole and not just me and my eyes or or other people because I have a lot of friends that have eye problems. But I realized like there's there's a bigger hole here. And I saw that documentary Crip Camp and I just had Mm -hmm. got a a little fire under me when I saw what all these people did for us and sacrificed their own health to give us certain benefits. So we weren't put in camps. We weren't killed and. You know, we were able to go to yeah. private you know, public schools and we were able to work, even though that's still a problem to this day for a lot of people with disabilities. Um, but it's like, I feel like I just wanted to have the conversation. And then uh, somewhere along the way, you know, my cousin has a son with autism and I don't know anything about autism other than like the basic stuff. So I just wanted to learn. And, and yeah. from there, I, I don't know, I've interviewed probably about 100 people with different conditions and disabilities. But even from that, I started becoming passionate about people who are homeless and people who go into addiction issues. And again, I said, I've never done drugs. Yeah. And, but these things are so parallel domestic violence and, and child abuse. And again, I, I went through that, but there's a lot of these things are all connected. These are the real issues that affect our society on a daily basis. And yet we're stuck in this, like the same time frame where we don't really 
we, 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 they tell us We're, what we need to react to. They tell us what we need to be angry, what we need to be sad about. But the reality is, it's not the major things. Who cares about, you know, like we're talking about abortion these days. The only reason why we're talking about it is because voting time. It's not because people really care that much. I mean, people, there are people that are super passionate about it. But overall, it's a lot of people that don't need to be talking about it. It's guys and, and people that are using based on religion and politics. And it's not about whether women should have a choice or not. I'm not even giving you my opinion. It's just we're, we're we're so worried about that and Ukraine and all these things, and they're fine. They're they're issues, but they're used to distract us from the real issues. And again, the the epidemic, the opioid and heroin epidemic, is is super high. Suicide is um, is immensely higher. Domestic oh, yeah. and child abuse has gotten higher since because of COVID and um, abuse on people with disabilities. And a lot of this stuff is so high, and I'm very passionate about it because you know no one seems to care, and that's you know, more of us have to speak up like what you're doing and what I do. And so I wasn't even trying to plug the show. I'm just simply saying. No, like the re- I was going to ask you what the name of your radio show is so people can go listen. <laughs> and, uh, but I also want to bring up a uh, point, two points here that, um, um, Crip Count, a, uh, another person I had on my show brought me to the attention of that uh, show. She sent me a link to it so I can, uh, it's beautiful. Watch it. Yes, it is. And so, um, from there and uh, also, uh, you know, you're you're right with the disability community. I don't know a lot about other parts of disability. I mean, no, there's a bunch of them out there dis- disabled, a bunch yeah. of different disorders. Um, but I hang around more with the people that are wheelchairs, spinal cord injuries, uh, yeah. like that. And so, but um, uh, and and what you're saying is we don't support each other enough. You're right about that being disabled. You would think we would, but I've come to learn that, like most of society. Even people with disabilities, we have our bullies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though they're disabled, just like I am, but they had the mentality of still being a bully uh, from uh, there. Yeah. So I'm it's sure out there. It's, it's, it's out there no matter what condition you're in and where you're oh, yeah. at, bullies are there. So There's people like me who have some sight will make fun of blind people. Like it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. There's people who have spina bifida who make fun of people because they have braces, but they can walk a little better. Like they're more fortunate. It's mm-hmm. it's it, and that's that's what they do. They we end up just turning on each other because we're so frustrated with what is is you know what what's out there for us, what's available for us, that the lack thereof, you know, education and and just the the, the you know twenty five only twenty five percent of us work. Like there, there's a real yeah. problem. There's oh, many yeah. problems, but we end up taking out on each other and we're, we're sitting around waiting for the great, you know, uh, able body help that's never coming. I mean, there are some people that are really doing great work and trying to help for sure, but we're constantly waiting and it's like, it's not going to happen. Man. And, I, and I'm sure you'll agree. Like the strongest people that I know in this world are people with disabilities. I've never seen people who get kicked around more and they just keep pulling themselves up and they just keep coming. And it's just like, that's what keeps me going. Like I only brought it up and I know you were going to allow me See, to that, vote it. That would be you, man. You get kicked down most of your life like you have been and look where you're at today and going, going strong and helping out the next person. And yeah. I'm also into uh, believing that uh, these single mothers that raising their children are the that's strongest, are the strongest yeah. women around. Okay. Yeah, My mom, sure. she brought up uh, three sons and we can all say she did a pretty good job. Maybe not the best in the world, but she did pretty good for single mama. So yeah. uh, we're proud yeah. of her. So, yeah. all right, man. Hey, uh, TJ, man, this has been good. You've been, uh, been giving us a lot of uh, information and stuff. But, hey, go ahead and plug it, uh, podcast and any other social media for people, how they can get hold of you. Yeah, so the podcast is called My Blurred Opinion. I think that's something that 
people with disabilities, we're very dark in our sense of humor. So I'm kind of making fun of the fact that my vision is blurry, but um, it works. And uh, yeah, so you can catch it on uh, an Apple, Spotify, Google, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Um, you know, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Timothy J. West. And if you want to just, if it's really hard to find me, maybe that's a popular name, just type in William Sport. That's the city I live in, Pennsylvania. And uh, Instagram is where I kind of do a lot of extra stuff like lives and stuff. And it's a TJ safe space for all. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Good deal. I'll um, get those links and put it in the bottom of the show notes to make it easier for people to find it for them. So, all right, TJ, here we go. I want you to fire somebody up because we know there's people hurting and struggling today. So if you can come up with a uh, big, powerful message that they can hang on today to help them get through, that's going to be a blessing, man. Yeah, I, one of the, the thing that I really want to state the like just the most is that you're you really are not alone. I know that sounds corny, and a lot of people say that, but really you're not. And again, one of the things I learned by doing this podcast is I've covered so many rare conditions that I've never heard of in my life, and someone else heard it, and it's like wow, there's someone else out there. Um, and there's nothing better than when you hear someone message you you don't know, and they say, "Hey, man, you helped get me through the day." And I don't even know who they are. I have known nothing about them. Someone helped me build a website because they liked an episode I did on spina bifida. I don't know who they are, but they won't, won't take credit, but they just wanted to be nice and help. Um, and so just, you know, they say put good energy in this world and that'll come back to you. And I, I really do think that's true. I didn't think that's true for a long time because I hated myself and I hated anything about me or anything that I was. But I promise you, like, just do try to do your part to put some good in this world because there's too much bad. There's enough of it that's polluting this world and we don't have enough people trying to do what they need to do to, to, to help. But again, the point of this is, and I'll make it short, just you're not alone. I promise you there's someone out there going through something similar to you. And that's why I'm really big on when I have people on to share their story, share it in its entirety and don't leave out any steps because there are there's someone out there that is going through the same exact thing and if you skip one step like hey i talk to myself or i hate myself and if you leave that one part out that person may just that might that might be their last hope because they heard your whole story and you just left that part out and they're like wow i'm alone and feeling alone is terrible it's it's petrifying and but i promise you you're not and there's there's we're, there's no reason not to search people out now because it's very easy to just type in a Facebook group and just type in any th- random thing or Google it, YouTube it. And there's someone out there going through very similar things. And um, yeah, just find something to hold on to. I'll finish it with this. Just find something to hold on to. I don't care if it's the next season of a show. I don't care if it's an album from an artist that's coming out in three months. That's three months you want to live. Maybe in three months, you'll find something else to live for. Just find little things. It doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. If it's a pet, my cat got me through everything. So I understand. Um, so, yeah, just hold on. Find something to, to live for. And um, like I said, you're not alone. There we go. Awesome, man. And so, yeah, and I'm a big, big, big firm believer that uh, if we all do our one good deed for today, the world will be a different place. So, yeah. And some of us can afford to do two good deeds. So, yeah. and but there's a lot of things out there we can do that don't cost us a penny. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. again, like you mentioned earlier, just recognizing someone, asking how their day's going could be the biggest thing in the world that happened to them and no telling when. So, Hold the door for somebody. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it, little stuff like that doesn't cost you anything, and, but it could be huge to them, to, to whatever they're going through at that time. 
All right, TJ, hey, thank you for coming in, buddy. Thank you for sharing with us, and thank you for giving us some encouragement on what's out there to to have a better life, okay? Yeah, Everyone else, sure. hey, be sure to share this out with uh, someone you know that's hurting and struggling, and they could use this. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Uh, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the professor of perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, angry, quiet. Thank you for coming in. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week. It's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.